You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Rachel and Gabby's season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 302. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Got a good show for you today. Benedict Polizzi from F-Boy Island, the guy that got dumped at the end by Louise in favor of Mercedes. Funny guy, stand-up comedian, good TikToker, got a lot of funny videos on Instagram. He's our guest this week, and we will get to him momentarily. Obviously got some things to get to before we get started here. First off, in regards to The Bachelorette, I want to say that the if you go to the feed today, the Reality C podcast feed, the Daily Roundup is up. I cover a couple of these things in the Daily Roundup, but I will also cover them here if you only listen to one of the two because I can't tell which ones you guys listen to. You might listen to both and you might be hearing this a second time. But the schedule, the TV schedule for the rest of the season regarding The Bachelorette, as we know, they originally had said Monday, next Monday would be part one of the overnights. The following Tuesday, the 13th was going to be part two of the overnights. And the Tuesday, the 20th was going to be the finale and after the final rose. That has officially been changed. The 5th and the 6th, Monday and Tuesday next week will be the two overnight date episodes. And now they're going to split the finale up into two parts. Part one, Tuesday, the 13th, part two. Tuesday the 20th. Now, both of those episodes are going to have taped portions of stuff that happened in Mexico and a live segment where they're back with a live studio audience. They've done this before. This is nothing different. They did it. I think they did it on back-to-back nights instead of over two weeks. I could be wrong on that. But the bottom line is each episode, according to Robert Mills and his Sirius XM radio show, he had said there's going to be taped segments and live segments on both the 13th and the 20th. So, That's where we're at with the TV schedule going forward. Makes a lot of sense. I knew they weren't going to take a week off before Paradise starts on Tuesday the 27th, and I didn't think they were going to move Paradise up to the 20th and have everything in the finale on the 13th. So, repeat once again, the 5th and the 6th, next Monday and Tuesday, are your back-to-back overnight date episodes. Then on the 13th is going to be part one of the finale, where they'll be taped Film, you know, footage from what happened in Mexico, and they're going to go live in the studio. And then the following Tuesday, the 20th, same thing. They'll have footage from what happened in Mexico and have live footage in the studio. The other thing that I can say in regards to The Bachelor, obviously we're still about three weeks away from any announcement being made. I'm assuming it's going to be made on the After the Final Rose, if not within a day or two of that on GMA, like they usually do. But After poking around a little bit, asking around, what I can tell you is I don't know who The Bachelor is going to be, but you can cross Nate off the list. I have heard it is not him. Now, you'd be like, well, why isn't it him? I thought he was, you know, they were gunning for him or whatever. I usually can't get any details to stuff like that. I have heard, I have no idea if it's true or not, but I've heard he rejected it. He doesn't want to do it. Now, could that be Nate just trying to save face? And just say like, oh yeah, they wanted me, but I don't want to do it. Did they even offer it to him? 
where they were just like, yes, we want you, and he really did say no? Um, or did they never even offer it, and he's trying to save face by just saying, I didn't do it? I have no idea what the answer to that question is. But you can eliminate him from the list. I, I've been told he's not going to be The Bachelor. So that leaves open any possible guys from this season, maybe like a Zach or maybe like a Zach. <laughs> it's the only guy from the season I can even think that they would even consider. Um, considering who's left at the end of the season and who got far and whatnot. So, I, you know, obviously they could pull somebody from a previous season or they could go somebody new. Like I said, I have not heard anything in regards to who it could be. But I do know now that I it's not Nate. And I have no idea. Don't ask if it's the story that I posted. Um, If that had anything to do with it, I have no idea. I'm not going to take credit for it because I, I have no idea. So... You can just cross him off the list. I've heard he's not doing it. And whether it was offered and he rejected or he's just telling people he rejected it, I don't know. But looks like we're not going to have Nate on our TVs come next Bachelor season. So there's that. The other thing I want to touch on, one final thing before we get to today's podcast, is you know the story I was working on where I told you in the past um, with a, a girl who had come forward to me and I was working on a story, and then she's ghosted me. I haven't heard from her in two weeks. I've basically uh, moved on from that story. If she wants to reach out and say, yeah, I want to do it now, I, I would do it, but I don't think that's going to happen. So I wouldn't get anybody's hopes up in saying that story is going to happen because it's probably not. Um, but as I said before in the past, like it's 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 a serious enough topic where I was like, I got to do something. I have to say something. And just know that um, behind the scenes, I have said something, and that's all you really need to know. It's probably never going to get out publicly. What I said behind the scenes, if any action is taken, you probably won't even recognize it. It's just, um, but just know that I could not, in my right conscience, not say anything, even though she has ghosted me. And um, I, if if you knew more to the story, you would know why maybe she leaned to not inevitably and eventually speaking up and doing the interview. I kind of get it to a certain extent. I just wouldn't, I just, I just wish she wouldn't have been so gung ho about, yes, I am going to do it. She never expressed any doubt of doing it or any trepidation. Like, "Ah, I don't know. It was always 100% this is happening. And then just to get ghosted, you know, does kind of suck, but it's her decision. And like I said, I, I sent five texts. When you don't get a response to any of the texts, it's pretty much, you know, you got your answer, but, you know, as I said yesterday in my um, in my reader emails, like I'm just I'm not going to even hint on who it is about and I'm not even going to hint on what the situation is, because all that's going to do is send toxic Baxter Nation into a frenzy and they are going to start falsely accusing people or throwing names out there. And that's just wrong. You don't know anything about the situation. Please do not guess and do not just assume you know what's going on because you don't. And if you knew anything about the situation, you might be a little more understanding as to why this person didn't want to inevitably and eventually come forward. And that's all I can say. But just know that I did reach out behind the scenes. And if something happens behind the scenes, you're probably never going to know about it publicly. It just it wouldn't make any sense because the story isn't out there. So it's nothing that they can do. They can address publicly because the story isn't out there. If the story was out there, they would have to do something for sure. 
It's not. And it doesn't look like it's going to be. Obviously, the door is always open uh, for this girl to come back and want to talk. And if she wants to talk, I'd be happy to do the interview because we had so much time invested, the amount of phone calls I had with her and the amount of time we went over things. But if she had a change of heart, she had a change of heart. There's nothing I can do. So just want to keep that in mind. And please just don't run with stuff. And please don't just get reckless with opinions and thinking you know who it is or what it's about. You don't. I can say that I've seen some of the things online. Nobody's right. Okay? Nobody's right. Nobody has said the right name. So you don't even get the right name right. And you actually don't even have what you think you know you have in regards to what the actual situation is. You're wrong on the name and you're wrong on the situation. So just let's stop. It's pretty much a dead, it's pretty much a dead story uh, from this point forward unless she comes about it. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I did what I had to do behind the scenes and we move forward. And that's that. All right, let's get going. Here we go. Podcast number 302. All right, let's bring him in. Um, you saw him on this season of F-Boy Island. He's also a comedian. He unfortunately lost out to Mercedes for the chance to date Louise for a month, I guess. It is Benedict Polizzi. <laughs> Benedict, thanks so much for coming on. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. I love it. Or should I say uh, Johnson, this guy. This guy. For, <laughs> all right. First off. Johnson here. What's up? How many people that see you on the street or at clubs at this point say that to you when they see you? Um. Well, now it's a lot more like, what's up, F-boy? But it used to be like people would come up to me and be like, Johnson. Like it was just. I mean, I still get a little Johnson mixed in there, but uh, now a lot of times it's like, "What's up, F boy?" Like they just like say, "Shit, like, this is tough." Like, wait, can we can we curse on this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So right. here here's my introduction to you. I've been a sports fan for the longest time. College football is my favorite sport, and so yeah. as you know, uh, your friend Joey Mo- Joey Molinaro uh, has made a name for I himself do. in that world with his impressions of of Nick Saban and now Brian Kelly and Mike Leach and the like, and I've been following Joey on Twitter for a couple years now, and what's funny is I'd seen you in the videos of the Halloween guys and the Thanksgiving guys and the Christmas guys, yeah. but I, I saw them on Twitter, and I and if Joey tagged you in them, I guess I never noticed what your name was. I didn't know who you were other than your Johnson, so when the cast was released for F-Boy Island Season 2 and I see Joey promote it, I'm like... Holy shit, that's Johnson. I never knew your name. <laughs> I didn't know your I didn't know you did stand up. I knew nothing about your background and the funniest thing was I had never even heard you speak in any voice other than Johnson. So I was like, what does this guy sound like? I don't even know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing was so bizarre to me. Was, I know. I put a podcast out cuz everybody's used to me to just like doing that bit. Yeah. <laughs> and I put a podcast out and somebody commented they go, "Oh my god, that's his real because <laughs> it's either like this guy or it's like who's buying this like, yeah. it's always just like some stupid voice i'm doing but like yeah <laughs> and i had i had no idea about what you acted like outside because i hadn't even seen who's buying this or polite cat calling none of that i had only known you as johnson because i had only seen what joey had tweeted out and that was it <laughs> he didn't do the other ones so i'm like well, how does this guy act is he good and then i see that you also have about 
2% body fat and you're totally ripped. I'm like, wow, this is just not what I expected from Johnson. Um, well, well, Johnson, like, I we, we do that bit because it comes to us so naturally. So Johnson's not really a character. That just kind of is me. <laughs> <laughs> me when I'm a dad. So uh, uh, just out of curiosity, you, uh, you guys are both from the Indiana area. Do you know him? Were you guys college roommates or college buddies? How far do you go back with Joey? Actually, um, I met Joey. We went to grade school together. Oh, okay. Like, we went to St. Barnabas Catholic School on the south side of Indy, and then we uh, grew up through there, went through eighth grade, went to high school together, and then he ended up going to a different college than I did, and then he ended up transferring to the college that I was at in Indianapolis. Hmm. And then uh, we started working together uh, downtown Indy at a radio station. And one day he just popped in one of my shifts and was like, come on, man, we're both we're both like funny people. We want to do funny stuff. Let's just start making some videos. And then and it's history from there, really. Yeah, Not really I, history. But you know what I mean? I was going to say, how long have you done the videos like with him? Has it been? I think it started in like what year is it? It's twenty. I think it started in like twenty seventeen. Okay. We started cranking out like some stupid videos that just we thought were funny, and then yeah, you know, we started seeing what people were doing on the internet and kind of started like just finding our own thing. And yeah, we just we worked in a corporate office and we thought corporate people are. We think corporate people are so funny, like just just around the office we'd look at each other and be like oh my god he said that again and then we just started making videos making fun of him and that kind of transformed into johnson and then we both like went on our way and joey's like i mean we're huge in the college football so he started hitting college football hard and i just started doing random stuff here and there yeah so, no that's kind of how it happened it's great i mean it's great how something like that like you get two dudes just making videos that they think is funny to them and then it just kind of blows up because he's Obviously made a name for himself. He was with Barstool for a while. I don't think he's with them anymore, but still, it was just based off of the fact that he had really funny impressions of college football oh, coaches. It's, it's hilarious. See, like he, we started making videos, and we had a podcast together, and he would do impressions. I'd be like, bro, like that is so good. Like That is the best. And I'd be like, I think that's your thing. Yeah. And he would do it around me a little bit, and he I mean, everybody around in our community knew that Joey could, like, kill a good impression. And then the first one he puts on the internet of Nick Saban on, like, Thanksgiving just goes stupid viral. And then from there, it's like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I mean. You're, you're the impression. You're the impression guy. But but I don't want to, like, corner him into the impression guy because he's so good at him. I mean, that's what he gets, like, labeled as. But dude, Joey's a genius with, like, all the content he's been putting out lately is just, like, I'm like, who – I feel like you need a team to think of those ideas. Yeah, no, his his travel ball coach stuff is awesome. Uh, it's so funny. Killer. And I don't even have kids. I just know I've been around it growing up and stuff like that. I, I think it's hilarious. Like, not, I, I haven't been to a travel ball game or seen a travel ball 11U coach. I just know that that's what it is. You know, like, I don't even exactly. have to be a part of it to know that that's how they sound. And it's that's, I've never even makes played good. baseball. And I'm like, perfect. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's the thing, especially about impressions is obviously, especially in the comedy world, there's a lot of people that do impressions of the same people. He's really good because how many Nick Saban impressions out the, out there are there? They're just nobody does Saban except nah. him. And he does it so well. It's almost like if anybody tries at this point, if you're not beating Joey's impression, you might as well just not do it because he's basically set the standard for Saban. 
And he I, cornered, I he cornered the market yeah. with football coaches, and even like Colin Cowherd, like oh my, oh God, yeah, nobody's doing that. You yeah, know? yeah, nobody's He's doing so, Colin. Yeah. It's it's really good. Um, anyway, let's uh, let's uh, stop kissing Joey's ass and let's move on to you. Um, all right, so let's talk about F Boy Island and how about it came for you. Was this someone, a casting director, who saw your videos, thought you were funny, and think this was a show for you, or? Was it just some casting director slid into your DMs and was like, hey, what do you think of doing this show? How did it come about for you? Yeah, pretty much DMs. I got one. I think I got one like uh, I think I was actually in a relationship when I got one. And I was like, nah. And then uh, I got out of a relationship and it was like a month or so. And then I got another one from a whole different casting director. So I was our casting agent and I was like, all right, let me see what's going on. Actually, at first I was like, I don't even, I don't think I'm going to do this. Like, because it's not my thing, you know, I'm worried about this, this and that. And then my friends were like, bro, at least try it. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So I started filling out applications and like, I was just joking around and like, they started to like me because I was so like, all my answers were so like, I tried to make them really like different and like funny. Yeah. And I think they were like, all right, what the hell? Like, we got to at least interview this guy. And then from there, I just, I don't know. I just kept going and they, uh, they enjoyed it, I guess, enough to cast me. And I was like, okay, we'll see. Was it, was the casting process anything similar, uh, to the video that you put out about casting for FY Island? Oh. Wait, what video? The video where you're where you're um a- asking questions. That that it's kind of a bit that you do with a lot of your videos of inter or is it interviewing? Oh a- oh oh, <laughs> oh the interview 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 okay, interview. Yeah. yeah. No, it was nothing like that. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are real, those are really good. <laughs> by the way, I totally forgot I did that. But no, I mean, I guess it was kind of like that in a sense. But they didn't obviously didn't ask those questions. But I mean, I wouldn't. If I auditioned as an F boy, then it might have been similar. But since I, I mean, spoiler, since I wasn't an F boy, like it, the questions were a little different. Yeah, I so mean, they they asked me. Yeah, go ahead. Did you um, did you know about it? Had you seen season one, or after they casted you or told you about it, you're like, I'll probably go watch season one to see what I'm getting into here. I heard this is funny because I heard about the the show. And I was like, oh, that's a good name. Because I'm always thinking about, like, marketing stuff. Like, I was like, F-Boy, like, who's, like, you at least got to check it out. But I honestly didn't watch any, anything. I watched, like, the the beginning of the show, just as, like, the trailer, just to see, like, what they were wearing. (laughs) Because I didn't want to look like an idiot. But I didn't watch any of the season one because I didn't want to, like, get in my head about it. So I was like, I just want to go in there with like zero game plan and just like kind of like do my thing, do myself and just see where it goes. Don't care how far I go. Like, let's figure it out when we get there type of thing. That's kind of how I am in everyday life. Okay. And and that first day when you guys are all there in a group and you're looking around, you probably had in your head like, I think I can do well or, oh shit, I'm in trouble. What was your thought process before you guys started the introductions and you're just kind of scoping the field of the other guys. Did you think you were going far? Um, I thought just being on a show like that, I thought I could go far just, just, just on like past like dating experience. And like, I I was in a relationship less than a year before the show. So I was kind of like in relationship mode still. 
know what I mean? So yeah. I was kind of like, okay, like I, I've, I'm into this. Like I think I can go far just because of, uh, there weren't any other comedians on there. So I knew I was going to stand out a little bit. Um, I was a little more mature than all the guys just because of, I mean, probably not mature, but my age was more mature. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, like, but w- when we started like talking a little bit amongst all the guys, I was like, Oh, these dudes are like, they're, they're next level. Like they didn't cast just a bunch of like, you know, just a bunch of losers. Like these guys like had it together. Like they all had game plans. They all like were really smart. They all, they all knew what they were doing. So for a minute there, I was like, oh, shit, I might be in trouble. So I really had to, like, step my stuff up. So these guys sounded like they were had, had watched season one. They knew kind of how the show worked. And did did you know before season – or not season um, – before episode six rolled around, did just talk amongst the guys in the house, did you know that at some point, oh, yeah, on the first season – the guys revealed if they were F boy or nice guy before the end of the show. Were you made aware of that before it happened? Yeah, no one. No, I mean, not by the producers. No, I meant by the other like, guys. Like, did they tell you like, hey. yeah, the guys, okay. uh, the guys, I mean, especially Danny and I think Tom and a couple other dudes like knew a lot about season one and they would, they would just strategize in their head. And they'd be like, okay, I think on this elimination, this is going to be the reveal. And then it'd start to spread amongst the guys. And we'd be like, oh, I don't know. And we didn't know if production was like messing with us or what, but I mean, there was definitely like a blueprint that people were following. And that I, I like, you know, I heard of as we were filming that like put me at ease or like made me go insane. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what, what about the first dude that got um, all three women's VIP pass? Were you like, shit, I, I'm done. By the way, was what was his name? I already forgot. Like, and how did he flame out so quickly after such a hot start? Because he kind of, you were thinking like, oh, shit, this guy's getting far with one of them. And he really kind of disappeared after that first night. Like, I don't, I didn't remember him, like, making any sort of waves outside of one thing that he did. Yeah, uh, I don't, dude. I actually, I think that put him at a disadvantage. Yeah, out the, like out of the jump because he just had a handful. Of, I mean, he definitely had a shot with one of the girls, but like at the same time, I mean, he did everything that every guy would do in the real world and just like say kind of the same thing to all three girls. I mean, uh, you probably shouldn't do that on a show, but <laughs> he wasn't. I mean, somebody's got to make the first mistake and. It sucks, but it was him. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when, I, when I'm watching it, and I think this is why I've liked the show so much, because, you know, we've seen the other shows out there. I My main coverage is Bachelor and Bachelorette, which is a show that takes itself so seriously, but yet it's so ridiculous in its premise. This show is ridiculous in its premise, but it knows it, and it's in on the joke, and that's why it's so easy to relate to. It's not like we are thinking that there's going to be some everlasting love that comes out of this show. I mean, maybe a relationship could come out of it, um, but I don't think people are watching F-Boy to be like, man, I really hope Louise finds the love of her life. You know? I know. <laughs> but and it, and you it's don't great, though. Think that at the beginning, like, you don't think that. You're like, I'm not going to get too involved in, like, the drama and emotion of the show. But then during the finale, you're like, oh, my. You're, like, standing up, like, on your couch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you get super into it. And, like, a lot of people, like, I get a lot of messages that were like, oh, my God, you should have picked you. I can't believe it. And I'm like, <laughs> it's just crazy that you're, like, so into the show like that. But I get it. 
Because, I mean, they made, they really make you, like, invest in the show. But I did love that about FYI and how it was kind of a joke, but it was kind of serious. I didn't even know that going into it. But uh, right <laughs> when I got there, I was like, okay, I like this vibe. Because half of the producers were comedians. Yeah. And they are like, we just want to have fun, man. We just want to make good TV and have fun. Be yourself. And then, like, it'll all fall into place. And I was like, all right. Yeah. No, it's, it's a really well-done show. And, you know – the main producers of F Boy Island came from The Bachelor, so they're they're good with the dating aspect of it on how we're going to do this and pit people against each other. And oh, you go interrupt here, so this will piss this guy off. I mean, they got yeah, that yeah. all down pat. And then you've got the comedy element, like you said. Um, was it always Louise for you right from the beginning? Um, not you know, obviously Tamaris and Mia are both stunning women, but was it always just your type? Uh, Louise is someone you usually would go for. You know, I didn't know at first, like right when we walked out there and the women were revealed, I was kind of like, I don't know, man. I didn't know what to think. Cause I was like, these are all very like different than what I would go for in the, in the real world, I think. So I'm like going to have to, <laughs> I'm going to have to get to know them. Like, <laughs> and, uh, I didn't know where to go from there. And it just so happened. Louise like approached me came close to me and I just made a move. Cause I was like, I need to, I need to get it going here. Cause I didn't really talk to any of them the first night. Cause there was just so many dudes and so, like, it was just so weird and wild during yeah. that brochella thing. Yeah. I didn't really know. And so the next day I was like, all right, I got to get on my game. And she like, the minute she like stepped close to me, I was like, you want to sit down? And then it all just went from there. And after that point it was like, why would I talk to another girl? Yeah. If Louise is all in. Yeah. No, which it seemed like, I mean, you, I think once we got, I think the first date between you and Louise, it was pretty evident that you were going far. I didn't, you know, I didn't know any spoilers to this season. I didn't want to know. I wanted to see how it played out. And I could tell you, because I've told my listeners as I was promoting the show, as it was going on, when we got to the end, I, I went, I ended up going over three in terms of what I thought was going to happen between the three women. Um, I thought, Oh, you went over three in the finale. Oh yeah. No, I, and, yeah. and you know, taking away that twist, obviously that was put in last second of the women could choose themselves for a hundred thousand, but going into the finale, my predictions were Louise was going to pick you. I just didn't think, but then after I spoke to Louise, interviewed her, I was like, okay, I get why she did now. Cause she didn't see half the shit Mercedes was saying in his, in his ITMs. Um, so I, I get it. Uh, she didn't see how he was being. Um, and then I thought, um, what did I think about Mia? I, I guess I thought Mia would, well, no, I didn't think Mia was going to pick Peter. I really didn't. And then I definitely, obviously I couldn't have predicted Tamaris's until the twist happened, but I certainly thought Tamaris would pick Casey. And she said she would have, if there wasn't a twist, she doesn't think they ever would have made it very far yeah. but she said she would have picked him so but yeah i i second season in a row i didn't i didn't do well last season either going into the finale I mean, so. it's just, it goes to show you how good they are like i mean and that was all real stuff and <laughs> i mean it just goes to show how good like that show is where you had no clue and you like a guy like you that knows reality tv can go over three yeah kind of no it was great and i and i'm glad that i went over three because that shows that it was a good show mm -hmm. and it was well done when they when they present, I'm skipping ahead to the end here real quick, and we'll go back a little bit. But when they presented, when Nikki presented the option for the women, and they told you guys as you were standing there, oh by the way, they have the option to choose themselves for a hundred thousand. Did you think that Louise was going to take it herself? 
Um, ooh, that would have been insane. That honestly didn't cross my mind till now. Okay, so, but so you, but you thought? I'm assuming you thought going into that, she's picking me, right? Yeah, I thought I was at a little disadvantage because I didn't spend that much time with her. Like I had the first date and the last date, so everything in between was like shit. Like you know, we don't really have that much time to like you know actually hang out and like you know get to know each other without somebody coming up and like wanting to talk to you in five minutes so it was just like it was just kind of me talking to her for five minutes like for like seven weeks <laughs> so i was like i'm at a little disadvantage because mercedes has had more time with her but like i think like she believes and knows who i am as a person and like and i thought my speech like i was ready for that speech so i was like i think my speech is gonna like is gonna do something for me so but it didn't <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was wrong. As as we're but. watching it, and obviously you don't know what Mercedes is saying unless it's in front of the group. So you had no idea what he was saying in his whatever they're calling it for you guys, the TV term, ITMs, confessionals, diary rooms, whatever yeah. they use the term. So when you're watching it back, did anything he said be like, oh, wow, like this is not the Mercedes that I met on the show? Because I don't think you had an issue with him on the show some others did but i don't think you did but when you watched it back you were like oh shit this guy was cocky as hell no he, uh i knew he was like that and i knew but i'm a fan of like dope ass characters and if he's gonna play the like if i was playing the villain i would have done the exact same thing yeah so um it didn't surprise me like he could have i mean he probably could have said way worse stuff too <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm like, all right. So um, it didn't really surprise me what he was saying. And like, I know him as a, as a dude, like a really good guy. So I'm not, I'm not tripping about it. Yeah. No, I'm going to say like, I've seen the videos of you guys post show. You guys have all hung out. It seems like all of you guys get along. I don't think there's anybody, however they were portrayed on the show that there's been any um, Ill will, ill will harbor towards show. anybody else, right? I mean, you guys are all. I, I had some DMs. I had some DMs from like friends and family members that were like, "Bro, I, I'll pull up in Dallas and take care of Mercedes for you." <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, "No, no, no, oh, he's cool. That, you know, no, yeah, he's cool. He's cool. He's cool. He's cool. I promise." Yeah, that's that's funny. I mean, because yeah, because you have to look. <laughs> they have to cast different personalities. If everybody was all on their A game and saying everything that they thought the audience wanted to hear, it'd be a boring show. Like we have to have villains. We have to have people like Lukash that are just totally out of left field and bizarre. Perfect. And like that's cast. Yeah. I mean, he, I still don't understand that guy. And I don't know if you keep in touch with him or if he's, he's part of the group or what, but he is part of the group and he's just like, he's like that. Like <laughs> he's like, you, you can't tell where his head's at. Like he's just all over the place. He's a really good guy, and he just—he—I don't know, man. He's like the Joker a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, did, did, just out of curiosity, out of curiosity, for somebody that's on a show where you're dating, and then like um, this happens a lot in the Bachelor world, where the person who gets the first date, obviously, you're not getting a date for a while because they have to date other people. Do you really get a sense of after that first date, a sense of? damn, I'm a little protective over Louise now. I don't want her going on dates. Did you get jealous? Or was it, I get it, she has to do it, and I'm not jealous. I don't care. Yeah, it was more of an I get it thing. But in the back of my head, I was like, I got the first date. Like, come on. 
like I'm the, I'm the front runner here, yeah. like obviously. So I was thinking that, and but at the same time, I'm, I'm like, Louise knows like our relationship. Like I know she's like, <laughs> even though she was like out there just like kissing other dudes and stuff like that. I mean, it's just, it's what I signed up for. So in the back of my head, I'm like, I feel confident. But at the same time, like, God damn it. I hope they're not making it out right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit of both. Yeah. No, it's gotta be because you're just like, Oh wait, like I'm kind of into her. Cause the other thing about we know about these dating shows is you're totally closed off from the outside world. You have no books, you have no internet, you have no text to families, you have no self, nothing. So your whole focus for seven weeks is on one woman. So it would mm-hmm. be really bizarre if you didn't develop some sort of real, I don't know if it's love, but it's certainly falling in lust with somebody for sure. I mean, yeah, shit. In her last date, no, you were sucking her toes. How about that? <laughs> I didn't see myself doing that week one. Yeah, but that, it, it does go to show you, like zoning in on a girl without any distractions and with like competition. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it just happens. Like you just, no matter if you want it to or not, like you're going to develop some feelings, and then that's the beauty of reality TV. I think one of the good editing jobs they did was when Louise got to see your social media and the pictures of your, you know, photo shoot engagement and she confronts you on it. Like that was one where they kind of didn't fool me. I'm like, I don't know about this guy's background, but I'm guessing that's a photo shoot. There's no way he would go on the show as an engaged right. man. Like there's just, or was engaged. I really I don't totally know. forgot. I totally <laughs> forgot that those existed. Cause it was like three or four years ago. Yeah. You got to scroll I, like, down I to probably, find those, right? I pre- yeah, those were deep. And I don't know why I didn't untag them, probably just because I didn't care. But they did. that's a really good job finding those because that was a nice little – like, if you didn't know me, you would be like, damn, was he married? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, at the same time, I'm like, that's the only thing you found on my social media was, like, a weird photo shoot from, like, 2019. Like, you didn't find any, like, this guy. <laughs> 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 I that that was You're I think I bring up Johnson. Yeah, that was the thing. That was the one tweet when after I watched that set of episodes. I can't remember if that was in the episodes four through six, or if that was seven and eight, or maybe it was one through three. I can't remember. But it what well, what definitely wasn't seven and eight. I think it was episodes four through six when they did the uh, social yeah. media deep dive. That was my Thanks. tweet. Was like. How could Louise not ask him about Johnson? What she asked? Oh, that was it. Yeah, that was you. Yeah, that was me. (laughs) Hell yeah, bro. That that was so funny to me because it's so true. It's all my posts are just the dumbest shit. And she finds that. I'm like, come on. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that would have been great. Like, who's Johnson? (laughs) (laughs) Then I have to go into the whole bit. I would get eliminated the next round (laughs) if I had to show her who Johnson was. That is, yeah, that's awesome. And I, I was looking at him like, oh man, Louise, you really missed one here. Um, <laughs> but so you're getting down to the end, and it's and it's you and Mercedes, and I'm already forgetting who finished third for Louise. Who was it? Who was third? Uh, Nick W. Yeah, and then fourth was was Jabrian with Louise, or forgetting? Nah, Tamaris. Tamaris. Yeah, see, I'm already free. Like I could name the top two for each woman, but. Once I get Even out I'm to four, trouble thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but you, I mean, I, I would think maybe halfway through, I mean, you knew you were at least getting to final two, right? Or did you, was there any point at, during an elimination where you're like, shit, I might be in trouble. Uh, really at, during, I mean, I felt confident because you just always do 
<laughs> on that show, you know, just just being the the people, the the type of male <laughs> we are, you feel confident, but in the back of your head, you're like, who knows? Maybe they're gonna do a little twist thing, and I like, what if I get eliminated? It's a shocker, and like, you know, what if I did say something wrong? Like, you never know what they're gonna bring up or dig out or anything like that. So you can never be too sure, because once you're too sure, then you you know. And you say the wrong thing during elimination. So I was always on my toes no matter what. When when Louise and the the mental I keep calling it the mental all. What is what was the where the men come back? What was the oh, name they give it? Mansplain. Mansplain. So when mansplaining happens and every single guy there is like, Louise, you need to pick Benedict and everybody's pro Benedict, um I was like, why would she like she's got like anytime you date somebody you want your friends and family to like that person. And when everybody's promoting you, all the guys there are pro Benedict and pretty much outside of Lukash, who wanted to be in a relationship with Mercedes. Nobody, nobody voted <laughs> for her to pick Mercedes. So I'm like, this is, this is all there for her to pick Benedict. Cause it's like, it's almost like a safe pick and this is, this will be good. Everybody wants it. I think the people at home would like it because you're the right. nice guy. And, so after the mansplaining, were you like, how, how am I not going to get picked here? Like, I got to win. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I did feel like I had a lead after mansplaining. I was like, you know, what can go wrong? Like, you know me straight up and down. Like, the only disadvantage I have is that I, we haven't spent time together. But, like, if you believe in me like you should, like, we can, we can have that time after the show type of deal. But um, I don't know. After, like, I didn't feel the – the vibe too hard <laughs> after <laughs> after everybody vouched for me i was like i don't even think she cares <laughs> and i was like i mean i have a little advantage just because like the people are speaking for me but she i honestly don't think it affected her much and i'm getting her and mercedes had such a deep connection it was like almost unbreakable it seemed it like, felt like at that point it seemed like theirs was just purely physical though i never felt like anything emotionally deep between them. That was just me just watching on the show. I don't know. Maybe stuff was going on there, but it seemed like physically she was just obviously super attracted to him. And I, and I thought that that's why we were getting so much physical showing between her and Mercedes, because in the end she was actually going to go for the nice guy. Like I thought that that's why they focused so much on the physical with her and Mercedes, but fooled me. (laughs) I thought about that too. I really did think about that too. I was like, yeah, she was like, it was a 50-50 for the finale, but uh, you're right. I mean, I didn't – I know Mercedes is smooth, so, like, on the on the verbal part of their relationship, I knew he was doing his thing there, too. So it was just – I don't know. It was just uh, – it, it just kind of wasn't great that I didn't have that much time with her, but who knows? You know, it might work out better for me. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing that at no point she ever thought you were an F boy, right? Like when you first, when she re- when you revealed it, she was pretty much like, "Yeah, I knew it." But I don't think she ever thought for know. a second you like, were. Did she? Yeah, I mean, all, out of the gate, they all thought I was an F boy for really? sure. Yeah, just because I kind of have resting F boy face. <laughs> if, you, if you if you just step back and take a look, you'd think that, but. Um, yeah, and even, like, and I could have, the whole time she was like, you're a comedian, you know how to read the room, you can, like, persuade people, 
she's like, I don't really trust you in that aspect. Like you could just be playing me right now and just acting like a nice guy. <laughs> so it's, it was 50, 50 during the reveal. She really didn't know. Hmm. Maybe it was the glasses, the sunglass, the pop-up sunglasses too. <laughs> like I can't. Outside of Dwayne Wayne from the '80s, I can't remember anybody wearing those glasses. It's been a long time since I've seen anybody with those. It's awesome. I have though. no idea, but I saw them and I was like, I need them. <laughs> that so, was a last-second buy. So okay, so now we obviously know what happened with you, and and she chose Mercedes, and okay so here's the here's this you and Mercedes obviously spoke on the show behind the scenes and stuff like that going into that finale obviously if she picked you it was automatic split did Mercedes ever tell you hey if she picks me I'm gonna take the money or I'm gonna split it did he ever say anything to you or give you any sort of hints which way he was leaning no he didn't that was like a big deal the producers were like don't oh they say. don't want you to okay that makes sense. no because then like I don't know. I just can't even remember. I can't imagine what would unfold between some people if they knew what like the game plan was. But uh, yeah, he didn't. He didn't give any indication. But I just kind of thought by the way he was acting and like he was the villain. Like you could just kind of tell. I didn't hear him in his one-on-one interviews, but you could just kind of tell. I was like, he's gonna run with the money. I thought he was for sure. Yeah, and that's what he. I mean, he literally said it in his one-on-ones in the first episode, I think. He basically said, like, my plan is to get to the end, and I'm taking this 100000 Like, no ifs, yeah. ands, or buts about it. So that's why when she picked him, I, if, you're, if you're asking me in the moment what I thought was going to happen, I was probably wrong about that, too, because I thought he was going to take the money. Like, he told mm-hmm. us he was going to. I'm not sure what know. changed in his, in his mind. But um, So now we, we know what happened with you guys. What did you think when – what did you think was going to happen with the other two? Let's start with with Mia. In your mind, when you were standing there, what did you think Mia was going to do? Well, actually, at that point, I was like, I got eliminated. So I was oh, like, that's right. You had to leave. down the street. <laughs> that's right. You weren't allowed to stick around. That's right. Okay. They literally locked me in a van. Oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> but the, the funny thing is, like, I was in this van, and I was thinking about how everything was going to play out, and I like I couldn't get out because they were like, you know, I could run down there and make a scene or something if I was really upset. Like, that, nope, they just didn't want to take any chances, so they put us in a van. And then, like, ten minutes later, I see Danny walking back to this other van behind me, and I'm like, oh, my God, she picked Peter. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I was like, oh, my, I didn't see that playing out at all because, I don't know, it just seemed like Danny had it. And then, like, <laughs> and then, like ten minutes later, I see – Casey and Nico walk into another <laughs> van. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> that's Yeah, that's right. You got sent away, so you wouldn't have known until you literally saw other guys walking back and Right. And then I had no clue. I knew some chaos was gonna happen or somebody was gonna get in a fight or something was gonna happen because it was just too much tension. Did you like the uh the twist and did you like the fact that Tamara said F you to Nico and Casey, I'm an F girl, I'm taking the money. Yeah, I mean, I mean, both those guys are my dudes, and I don't want to see them like, I don't want to see them wronged. But I just thought it, I thought it was a baller move on her part. Yeah, and like, um, that was great. TV. It was great Casey, TV too. I mean, that's the other perfect. thing. It was great TV. Yeah, it was, and you can't, you can't like, I mean, it was just so good that you couldn't. You gotta like tip your cap to it, kind of. Like it's just like, damn. If I was in that situation, I'd have been like, hey, you did you did what you wanted to do, and that's all that matters in the end. And Casey, you know, in Casey's, like, exit speech, he's, 
even said it like, I, man, I, t- I tipped my cap to her. She played me. And I think the best way it was done and the thing that I've harped on was the fact that, yeah, Tamaris ended up choosing the money, but the way the editing showed literal flashbacks of all season long, like laying out these breadcrumbs of clues for us, like, hey, it's not like she just pulled this out of her ass. Look at what she told um, uh, Nico. Hey, like when Nico asked her, what motivates you? Money. And, you know, on yeah. Nico, and she tells him on the boat on their final date, I'm, you know, I, I, I used to be an F girl. Or, you know, it's just like it was all there. And then the, the exit with Tom was a little, I think editing played a little, had a little fun with that. But, uh, uh, but yeah. yeah, it was there. It, it's like uh, while she did give us a shocking moment when they went back and showed us the flashbacks of all season long of some of the things that she said, it all made sense. It was like. As I said, it was like watching Scooby-Doo at the end when they said, oh, no, it's Mr. Johnson, the librarian. And then we kind of know why it was him when we look back all the things that he did. Same thing with her. It was there. I actually – I just asked her. I was like, did you know the whole time that you're going to take the money? And she was like, no. I didn't know until, like, it was offered to me, like, at the very end. She's like, I literally – I was just being real the whole time. I had no plan. But it just sounded like the best option. And it's like, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I, yeah, I think, um, and it was like I said, it was great TV. Uh, what about the choice of Peter for Mia? Did it surprise you? Um, I mean, Peter is pretty strong in the game. Actually, I think he played the best game the whole time. Mercedes had like a good strategy, but Peter just was—he wasn't worried. He wasn't phased. Like when something happened with Danny, like he kind of played it cool the whole time, and I think that. That, to me, was attractive. Whereas sometimes, I mean, Danny's Italian guy, man. <laughs> the, the emotions are high. Like Sometimes it seemed like they were on the rocks a little bit, but Danny would reel it back in. It was a close race, but it just seemed like Peter, even from the jump, before Mia even knew who Danny was, like Peter just seemed like he kind of had a, like an advantage the entire time. Well, he so cer- I wasn't. I wasn't that surprised. Yeah, he certainly was a front runner from the beginning. Considering Mia said in the very first episode, like I've liked him since last season. I, I followed him on Instagram after I saw him because I thought he was funny, and so she obviously had a thing for him going in. And when she saw him as part of the cast, it was like, oh, okay, he's already got yeah. a leg up because Mia knows him, has followed him on Instagram, and has seen his personality, whether on the show or online and stuff. So, yeah. He certainly had an advantage, but again, another one where once she did pick him, if you were to ask me in the moment, what do you think Peter's going to do? I would have said he's going to keep the money, and he didn't. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Are you surprised yeah. he didn't? Um, I, I, I got to tell you, man, I cannot. It would have been either way for me. Like If he, if he would have taken the money, I would have been like, yeah, it makes sense, but if he would have split it also, I would have been like, oh, yeah, that's true because he cares. Like He just like, – <laughs> I had zero inclination. Like we even talked about it before it happened. Like me and him were talking and like, it was getting down to the final two. And he's like, he's like, what if I did take it all? (laughs) And I was like, bro, I don't know. And like, uh, but he's just, it just proves that he's a good dude. But I mean, everybody had those thoughts. Every F boy has those thoughts of what if I did just take it, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, well, I don't think uh, yeah. I was, yeah, go I was going to say, especially in the first episode where they told you guys, "Hey, 
Last season, if the F-boy chose the money, he got screwed over and had to give it to Sarah's charity. This time, if you choose it, it's all yours. So they made it clear. So it actually, Ooh. you guys knew from the very beginning. Last season, I don't. you didn't watch it. Have you, you still haven't watched season one, right? No, actually we did. On one of those days we had off, we all watched season one, and it was the funniest moment <laughs> of my life. Just seeing, like, Casey and Peter on season one, and, like, you know, Peter gets, like, the the whatever the, like, red flag yeah warning it was just so funny man to see his face on season one it was just hilarious but like that's the only the only time i watched it was like episode eight when we were it was just some random sunday we all decided to watch it yeah and those guys yeah we didn't us as the audience we never knew all season like how does this thing play out what does the ending even say because they never said it they just nikki just basically said like hey money's gonna be involved and you could win but they never laid it out until the final episode and then till the final elimination where it was like okay this is how it happens and then we're like oh okay this season we knew from the very beginning granted we didn't know the hundred thousand dollar twist at the end where they could choose themselves we didn't know that till the final episode but at least right. as an audience we all knew like okay we we get it now these guys all know i can play it cool and i could get to the end and win a hundred thousand dollars so to see Mercedes and Peter both split, I mean, I, I guess I'm surprised that they both – or both – yeah, both split. I guess I'm pretty surprised. I thought at least one of them would go and be like, no. I know. Give me the 100. They just – I mean, Peter was a reformed F-boy, so – or whatever. In quotes, he's a reformed F-boy, so, like, I don't – I mean – and you don't want your image to be like that. I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, that's true. So I'm sure he was thinking along those lines. And Mercedes is a good dude, too. So I don't really think – like, he was the villain the whole time. But, I mean, if you're going to come out on top, like, for real with the, with the audience, I guess you do split the money, too, if you're Mercedes. But if he wanted to go full villain mode, like, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah I guess he could have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he definitely – I mean, if he, if he really wanted to play it out and be – get – torched on social media he would have taken the money to himself <laughs> i don't think he cares either he's one of those dudes that does not care what people think about <laughs> so um that i guess that did surprise me the most did you really have a notebook of what you thought of the guys was that real or was that a joke no that was real <laughs> <laughs> just writing down what you thought of the guys that was hilarious and i think you re you didn't reveal it until like afterwards on your videos on instagram right about some of the stuff that you were yeah. reading of what you thought of the guys um so I yeah well good i wanted to play a, i wanted to play a little like word association with you or maybe phrase association i'm gonna throw out a guy's name and i just want you to tell me the first thing that comes to your mind it could be straight from your journal i don't care um but the first thing that comes <laughs> to your mind when i say these guys names all right you ready all right, all right yeah. let's start with tom okay Oh, Tom. Tom's like, uh, <laughs> Tom's like, uh, he's like a F1 car. You know what I mean? Like a, like an Indy car, Indy 500 car. Like he looks good and looks like you're, you're, you see it and you like it, but it does break down a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it might not be a bad thing. You can fix it up, but it looks great until it, <laughs> until it hits that turn three and the tire pops off. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> um, all right, Danny. Danny. Danny's just 
I don't know, man. Every time Danny talked, I felt like, like especially when him and Mikey D would talk early in the episodes, I just feel like they were like planning a mob hit. <laughs> <laughs> Danny's just it mobbed to me. Like any single thing that was happening, like it was always a negotiation. It was our always a strategy. He's just so Italian. Yeah, it's just hilarious. Um, Lukash. Oh God, man. You already know, man. He's he's F boy Jesus. He out F boy the F boys. <laughs> you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to fool the people that are like on the game to fool people. And he literally did. <laughs> he's a villain. Um, Casey. Casey. Casey's. Uh, bro, I feel like uh, I, I wish I could hire Casey to be like my PR person or something. Or like a clone. Like I wish Casey could stand in for me in times where I didn't know what to say because he's so smooth, man. Yeah, he's always got something. It's just, it's literally incredible. His speeches were just flawless. Like no misplaced words. Dude, smooth. Yeah, that's what you get. Two seasons in a row. He had t- he had practice. That's why. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, Nico. Oh God. <laughs> If Buzz Lightyear was a car salesman, <laughs> no, seriously, he does. He does give me Buzz Lightyear vibes. But Nico's like maybe one of the smartest people I've ever met. He's actually somebody where we traveled in the same van together to the mansion, and I was like, "This dude's smooth. He knows he's, he knows what he's talking about. He looks good. Like might be somebody I need to watch out for." But like he, like Nico's the best dude to hang out with. But yeah, Buzz Lightyear vibes. Okay. Yeah, I just to infinity and beyond. <laughs> I I think um yeah, those are you can you can find more of those on, on your Instagram account. And I did want to talk to you about your your career, either pre show and post show. You you do do stand up comedy and um yeah. since the show, is this something to where now that you know your name is out there, you were on a show, people kinda know your personality, have you been able to land more gigs because of this? Um, yeah, I think so. I think it's just starting to like kind of ramp up. Like I got a few messages the other day from from people that would be like, Hey man, this is so-and-so from, you know, Detroit house of comedy. Like, come on, come headline our room. Like I never, I don't think I would have gotten that beforehand, Mm. but, uh, yeah, just the fact that people like kind of know a little bit more about me and I was on a bigger stage, like HBO, it's just like okay, this guy. It just legit. It just made it more legit. Because you can, you, ne- you never know on Instagram. Because I was just going off Instagram stuff alone, pretty much for people to book me. Yeah. But now that you're on a show, it's like oh, okay, he's actually a real person. All right, deal. Yeah. So yeah, I guess it's ramped it up a little bit, but I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Yeah, and that's huge in the world of stand-up comedy is getting stage time. I mean, that's all you ask anybody. I mean, the whole point of stand-up is to get as much stage time as possible, hone your craft, and just kind of go from there. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah, I think that's it's really cool. And then you have a podcast called The Espresso Podcast. Tell people yeah. about that podcast, what you do on it, and just what what days it comes out and all that stuff. I got you. Um, Espresso Podcast is basically, I will think of kind of a like an interesting question every week, and I'll put it out on my story on Instagram, like one of them was like, you know, what's the weirdest punishment your parents gave you when you were a kid? 
And, like, I didn't expect much from it, but people had the craziest shit <laughs> that they did when they were kids that their parents – and, like, some, like, voodoo doll, like, weird – and it just became, like – it was one of the first ones I did, and I was like, oh, I'm asking a question every week. So people will, like, send voice messages in to me through Instagram, and I'll play them on my podcast and kind of talk about them. So there'll be a question every week. Uh, fans of the podcast will, like, you know, give me their answer, and then I just kind of – just make some fun out of it. And it, it turns out to be a, like a really great uh, way to do it, which it developed a lot over time. I actually used to do the podcast with Joey Molinero. We started it, but it's definitely transformed from there. And it comes out every Thursday. Mm-hmm. You can find it on Spotify, YouTube, Apple podcasts, everything. But yeah, espresso podcast with Benedict Polizzi. Check it out. I think the um, the other cool thing that you do, and it's it's in a lot of your videos uh, on Instagram, you do your bits of who's buying and polite catcalling, which is it's kind of genius because it's when I first saw it, I'm like, wait, what is this? He's he's really standing outside and just with a bullhorn catcalling women, but saying <laughs> the most nicest things he can to them. Where did you get that bit from? Uh, did that just it, pop up in your brain? Me or? And my friend, uh, yeah, it's just. Me and my friend Derek were on the way to an open mic and we were just kind of running bits past each other and like, what do you think? Of, do you think this is funny? And I'd say it and he'd be like, ah, oh, maybe say it like this. And he'd give one to me. And I'd be like, what if you said that? And then we saw somebody crossing the street and she was just like, she didn't, she was looking good. You know, people usually cross the street real slow, but this, this lady had some like, <laughs> she had some strut, like she had a walk. And we were both like, we were both like, one of us was like, damn, girl, I like the way you walk on that, I like the way you jog on that crosswalk or something like that. And then we both kind of looked at each other and we're like, what if we did polite cat call? (laughs) And then from there, from that point until we got to the show was just, we were just, I was just writing everything down we were saying. Cause it was like, damn girl, you look like you plug your USB cord in the right way every single time. Just like shit like that. And they were just funnier and more specific, like the more we kept going and I just, it just kind of took off. Then we gave it a shot and it really actually, it blew up. Like every, every polite cat call video I put on TikTok does really well, which is like the luckiest thing of all time. Yeah, no, that's awesome. (laughs) That's great. And then the who's buying bit, is that something that you were just like, really just in a store one day you're like who's buying this stuff and then you're just like wait i should make a bit out of this this is a thing right yeah <laughs> it was a weird like the first thing i saw was like that if you go into a liquor store like they have all that food like by the cash register and you're like what the fuck and then you look and there's like all the there's like an assortment of pickles and bags yeah and oh, i was yeah. like who the fuck is buying these pickles like there's no way and then i was just like I'm going to ask on I'm going to ask on TikTok just to see where it goes. And it didn't do that well. And I was like, whatever, I'm going to keep hacking away on it. Cause there's so many weird products. I was like, one of these has to work. Who knows? Just keep trying shit. And, uh, I did like a seven up cake, <laughs> which I've never heard of in my life, but I was like on another episode, like it was a game show kind of, of who's buying this. And I showed the seven up cake. Who's buying this? And like, it turned into a war on my TikTok. <laughs> like, this white boy doesn't know shit about Seven Up Cake. And some people were like, "What the hell is Seven Up Seven Up Cake?" And some people were like, "Oh my god, my grandma makes the best Seven Up Cake." So it was just like all over the place. Got a ton of traction. And now every time I see a weird product, I'm just like, "Who's buying this?" Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a genius bit. I mean, that's the whole point of 
and it, I don't know, you're, you're basically, as a comedian, you're, you're a content creator. Everything you put out on Instagram and TikTok, you're trying to be funny. And some stuff, just like on stage, some stuff hits and some stuff doesn't. And it's... Oh, yeah. Do you get like... You're, have there ever been bits where you're like, this is going to kill, and it didn't, and then you have bits that are like, I'm going to try it out, and it ends up going huge. There's got to be... You got to have stuff in both categories, right? Like on stage or like on um, social media? Social media first. Social media is like everything I think that's going to work bombs. Really? I'm like this is it. Yeah. I don't even say it out loud anymore. Like if I think I have a good video, I don't tell anybody and I just let it ride. Like, uh, but everything I don't think is going to do well, like explodes. Yeah. So <laughs> that's it's cr- all about trying shit. Like if I had advice for anybody on social media, just try it. Like who knows and who cares if yeah. it fails. Like sometimes I'm posting a video and I'm like, this is not going to do anything. I'm kind of embarrassed. Like you might as well try it. Cause somebody will relate to it. And yeah. TikTok's the place where you can just throw shit at, at the wall. That yeah, it's, it's just Twitter. A- not really. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, for sure. It's just, it's just, it's a really interesting. It's interesting to be a quote unquote, um, influencer not like you're promoting product or whatever but you're an influencer in that the stuff that you post is you want to to catch on and being a comedian your whole your mm-hmm. whole feedback from audience is what makes you successful or not people like stuff they'll like your material and they follow you and stuff like that is it does it get yeah. discouraging when you're just like fuck i thought that was funny and nobody liked it or it didn't do oh, as yeah. well as i thought do you get pissed and discouraged yeah but uh, not anymore, really. Like in the beginning, when I started stand up, I thought I was so funny, and I would just say anything on stage like that I thought was funny. But people can't like wrap their heads around it. Cause they're just like, "Bro, you're just psycho." Like that's not funny. <laughs> so I had to figure out like how, what people liked, and then kind of like mesh in what I thought was funny too. It's just a it's a whole science, but I don't get discouraged anymore because I've been. I mean, I've bombed enough on stage to where it's like, all right, next. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, as far as your stand-up career, how long have you been doing stand-up? I've been doing stand-up for like four years. What do you remember? you got to remember. What's the worst gig you've done, either location or amount of people or both, if it was happened oh, to be the same man. place? I know there's a lot, but because um, <laughs> early in a – stand-up comedian's career like it's just it's like, bad but like, i mean that's how you get good because you gotta go through hell like open but, like tuesday open mic nights and stuff like i'm those doing are, one tonight oh you're doing <laughs> i'm still doing them baby yeah. <laughs> i'm a little i'm a little better at them but you know you just never know when you hit like you could be i mean some some of these open mics are so bad i could tell i could just take something Jerry Seinfeld says for five minutes and say it on the stage. And they'd still be like, they'd still look at me like I had four dicks coming out of my head. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, so <laughs> it's just how it goes sometimes, but you get one person to laugh that you don't think you can laugh and it could change your whole entire night. Like I did a couple open mics last night. Uh, wasn't great. Made a few people laugh on a few jokes. And it's like that uh, serotonin boost is crazy. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just the little things of stand up. But the worst gig I probably ever did was like my first, maybe in my first five months of doing stand up. And there's a show, and it was all comedians from Indianapolis that have been doing stand up for like three years. And I get on stage, and I'm all excited. 
and I'm super like physical comedy. I'm like super like I'm just I'm just happy to be doing comedy and happy to be there. And they're all just looking at me like I'm the stupidest person. And like it's in a room full of comedians and comedians don't laugh at other comedians. There were no actual crowd members. Oh, so I so <laughs> I just kind of like I think I had five minutes. I ended up doing like four minutes and 30 seconds. And I was just like, whatever. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> like I, it was just the walk of shame back to my seat. I was like, maybe uh, I shouldn't come back here. <laughs> if if you had to right now, what's the longest you could? Could you do an hour set right now? Or are you at 30 minutes? Where are you at right now if you had to do a a special? I could do 30 for sure. And then uh, probably just mess around with the audience for the other half and, and do an hour. But hmm. um, do, you, do you like do you like audience work? Minutes? Do you like audience Is work? That Is that do you like audience work? Is that tough? Is it? easier is it harder than than actually thinking of material or because there are some comedians that thrive off of guys like adam ray uh who are just killers uh with audience work is it something it that you always incorporate okay yeah Nah, i mean where i'm at now in my career you gotta have a nice like you gotta have a solid like showcase set which is like 10 to 15 minutes mm-hmm. and, and but once you like get more experience you just naturally you get you get more time and you just can mess with the audience a little more. You're not pressed for like, oh, I got to get off stage in two minutes. Like you just can kind of chill up there. And a lot of the time it's your fans. So it's just like they they get it. They're in on the joke. Like if I was doing a show and it was like I started doing some polite cat calling just like off rip on stage, like it'd be funny. But if I did that like <laughs> at a random show, people would be like, what the hell is this guy doing? Yeah. yeah. So it all kind of depends on the circumstance. Well, that's interesting. I've been I've been a huge fan of of stand up my whole life. Um, just been watching, you know, whether it was Comedy Central and Netflix specials and stuff like that. The amount of stuff, I and mean, this goes back to the '80s when I was watching Rodney Dangerfield's show, HBO specials once a year. I mean, I have those. Mm-hmm. I have some of those people's bits, their whole sets memorized in my head. I could still do them to this Isn't day. That crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, there's some. There's some unbelievable ones. Even. Even the ones now, I mean, I think Nikki's stand-up is top of the line. She's one of the best comedians out there, and I'm not even doing a gender thing. This is, she is in my She's top five out, right now. She is awesome. Um, but I've, got, it, I've got some good news off of that. Actually, I'm going to be opening for her in Vegas on September 2nd. So, oh shit, if you're out in Vegas. Yeah, damn it's, it, it's I, like I'm, probably the, it's probably the biggest announcement I've ever made. That is awesome. Congratulations on that. And I'm going to fucking miss Thank it by you, six days. I'm going to be out there on the eighth. Oh. Damn it. Yeah, I'm gonna be out there the following week. So you're gonna be out there. That's Labor Day weekend. Okay, yeah. I I go out. Um, I have an annual guys trip. I go out. We always go out for first week of NFL season, and it's the following weekend. So I'm gonna miss. Oh, that's that dope. Weekend. But well, I, yeah, maybe, I've seen uh, Nikki. I've seen Nikki yeah, probably three or four times in person. But but she's doing more stadium stuff. Not stadium, but arena stuff or bigger yeah, venues so, now. Yeah. But I've seen her at. Um, I've seen her in Irvine, and I've seen her here in Dallas at the uh, Addison improv before, but um, yeah, she's great. I've watched all of her specials. She's top notch. She's so good. And uh, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe she'll have me on another one of her dates and you can come out to that one. Yeah. Cause she's, I mean, she's on a big time tour right now, so who knows? Yeah. I mean, she's, she's killing it. Um, and I think, um, you know, I mean, she's, top of the line out there right now i she's in my top five male or female and i just think that 
you know, is she for everybody? No, because some people are just prudes. You know, they don't want to hear yeah. sex talk for an hour. They don't want to hear about her vagina for an hour. And, you know, I get it. It's to each their own. Like, comedy is very, very subjective. It's just mm-hmm. what somebody thinks is fucking hilarious and knee-slapping. Some people just say, just like, I don't get it. It's not funny to me. And that's what's so, so crazy weird, about comedy, man. you know? It is such a weird deal. But, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. I used to date a girl who she didn't think I was funny at all. I was like, damn it. <laughs> how can you even how like honestly with that being your career how can you even date somebody who doesn't think you're funny that would really suck <laughs> well i mean but then sometimes i would get her to really laugh and that was like the best feeling ever so that's what kept me going it was kind of like a uh, challenge like, kind of <laughs> yeah just like make her laugh right it was it was a challenge so when i did i was like okay hell yeah but you know it was just it was just being around a tough crowd and that's I mean, that's how I've been my whole life, like around my family. Like I thought I was hilarious growing up. My my family wouldn't even look at me after I said something. So I was always trying to win them over. So it was kind of the same feeling. I mean, I'm sure that there's guys out there and male or female comedians that are, and you don't even have to name names, but I'm guessing there are comedians out there right now that are doing really well for themselves that are popular in the, in the standup comedy world that you're probably like, yeah, I don't, I know they have a big fan base and I know they've got a following, but I don't get it. I just, I don't see it. I know there's some in my head that I have, uh, there, there's people that I just, I don't get it. And I know they're popular. I mean, yeah, I can't really think of anybody off top because I kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, you can't just not be funny if you have that big of a following and you got a thousand Patreons, like people like you. I mean, at that point I'm like, it's something I'm missing. You know, like, I don't think they're not funny. I'm just not smart enough to think they're funny or something like that. Because, like, there's got to be a reason they've got they're doing so well. They've got specials and fans like, yeah, there's got to be something there. I just can't see it. So I I blame myself when that happens. I'll I'll tell you one from my past, because I don't think he he might still do it and dabble in it for a while. But when Dane Cook was at the peak of Dane Cookness. I didn't get it. I was just like, he's not funny to me. And I like physical comedy. And I, he, I, but for me, his particular sets never made me laugh, but he was the number one comic. He was the number one comic touring back in the day. And I was just like, I don't get it. And I love stand up comedy. I, like I said, I watch all these. I watch everything on comedy central. I watch all those half hour specials. I watch for years. And, and and when he started rising at the top, it was nothing against him. Just didn't think it was funny. And, like I said, purely subjective, and I think somebody else is, you know, Taylor Tomlinson is fucking hilarious to me, and somebody might say, yeah. Taylor sucks, and I'll be like, not to me, she doesn't, I think she's really funny, Yeah, uh, you know, it's just weird, I, that's what I'm saying, that's a perfect example got, of, he's got I a fan, you, giant fan base, and then all of a sudden, I don't like him, yeah. you know, but go ahead. Bro, I gotta, I gotta tell you, when I was growing up, I loved Dane Cook. You know, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I bet you you're someone who loved Dane Cook, because you're very... The facial expressions, well, the younger, physicalness. I was younger when he, yeah, I was younger when he came out, and he was just like super relatable. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, other comedians were too smart for me when I was a kid. But Dane Cook would talk about shit that I was doing, and I'd be like, I love this guy. Yeah, no, and, I, uh, yeah, I get it. I know people thought he was hilarious, and and I'm not, and I'm not being like, man, I wish he wasn't famous, and I wish right. nobody would buy tickets. For me, it just. I don't know. I, I watched his specials and I want, it's like, I wanted to like him. And I, yeah, I just, for sure. 
And I couldn't. I was just like, it's just not that funny to me. It's like, he's not terrible. I don't think he's bombing up there for sure, but yeah, just wasn't for me. And I don't know what it was. Like I said, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the moron here. But uh, I think it's the fact that he was being super different too. Like he just, it wasn't the same act. Yeah. Like you see people do stand up, stand, and then he's up there like moving. And it's just something new to to your eye too that really gave it like a an advantage at that point. Yeah. You know what? I think that might have been it. I think I just liked people who had great content and were just good writers. And I felt right. like he got away with a lot of more physical stuff, but I was, but the thing is I loved Jim Carrey. Like, so it's like, I wasn't against physical comedy. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I no, don't know. It's all subjective. Like yeah. You said. All subjective. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy, but I just it's wanted to, um, no, wrap this up here. Benedict, thank you so much for coming on. Um, good luck with everything. Good luck with your stand up career. Go check out the espresso podcast. Um, today, this is going to be released on, on Thursday. Um, it's already out there that, um, you, your espresso podcast for this Thursday is with Louise it's and Mia and, uh, Tamaris, right? Louise, Mercedes, oh, Tamaris and I, we just answer a bunch of Instagram questions, espresso podcast style. You'd be surprised. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of twists and turns and <laughs> I don't know. We said some stuff we probably shouldn't have said. <laughs> Check it out. Espresso podcast with Benedict Pulitzi, YouTube, Spotify, Apple podcasts, everything. That's awesome. Uh, so again, Johnson, thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> um, you know, who, 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 who are you thinking of drafting at running back this year in your fantasy draft? Oh, geez. Probably a Joe Mixon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That kills me. I, I mean, it's, it's awesome. I love. It's so corny, and it's dad jokes, and I could watch those that's videos till the end of time. That's another thing that's super subjective. I know we're wrapping it up, but girl, women hate Johnson. Really? <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so they just don't get it. Like they, uh, yeah, they just they don't just get think it. It's corny. They don't see like the writing in the, in between the crevices of being so corny, like the Saquon Barley, like it's like it sounds like Barkley, like I don't know. They don't. They just hate the. They just hate it, and I don't blame them. <laughs> <laughs> now, when 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 this holiday season rolls around, are we getting an updated Halloween guys, Thanksgiving guys, and Christmas guys, or, or is that I a? Think, a I, I mean, we're working on it. We're trying to throw some other twists in there because. I mean, we've burnt out a lot of those jokes. Like that were kind of a. <laughs> there's only so many beer jokes. You, there's, there's only so many beer uh, and alcohol jokes you can make, right? Like in terms of no play might, on words. We might have to do sober guys. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, possible. Um, but yeah, I, I. But there's definitely there'll definitely be something in the works there because we, it seems like me and Joey can't go one holiday without making a video, even if we try. It, <laughs> it ends up being 7 p.m. on Christmas. We'd call each other. Start brainstorming. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate it, man. Check it out on his Instagram and, like you said, the Espresso Podcast on where you listen to any of your podcasts. Again, Benedict, appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on. This was a great yeah. time. No, it was awesome, man. Thanks for having me for sure. You got it. Thank you so much to Benedict for coming on. Really appreciate that. Just a funny guy all around and perfect timing. If you happen to be in Las Vegas today or tomorrow, um, get tickets to go see Nikki Glazer. You'll see Benedict open up for her um, on uh, Friday night, right? Yeah, the second. He'll be opening up for her on Friday night. So I'm so bummed. I'm going to miss him by six days. I miss Nikki by six days because I definitely would have gone to that show. But anyway, I hope you all enjoyed that. 
he was the guy that probably everybody wanted Louise to pick on F-Boy Island over Mercedes. But after listening to it, it seems like everybody's cool with each other. There's no hard feelings or anything. So why waste any energy being mad at Louise for anything? Uh, you know, she made her choice and it's Mercedes and it kind of is going on still. I don't even know. Um, but uh, I'm glad to hear from Benedict and just kind of funny how I like knew who he was before he ever went on F-Boy Island just based on his social media videos, yet I never knew his name and I never knew how he actually spoke. If you haven't checked out the Joey Molinaro, Benedict Polizzi's uh, videos, the um, Halloween guys, Thanksgiving guys, Christmas guys, go find it on either of their Twitter accounts or Instagram accounts. Pretty funny stuff. Anyway, thank you all for listening. If you want to go check out today's daily roundup, it is up on the Reality Steve podcast feed. Should have been up about two hours ago. So if you're getting this in your feed, you definitely have the daily roundup in your feed. But again, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple Podcasts. I know I say that every week, but it is much appreciated. And we'll be back uh, next Thursday. It's actually going to go up a little bit early because, as you know, next Thursday I leave for Vegas. So I'm probably going to post it early. The Daily Roundup will go up earlier, and this podcast will go up earlier. I've already um, recorded it. It's going to be with the She's All Batch Girls, so look forward to that. Gotten to know them over the last week or so. Um, So, yeah, I really like the work that they do and uh, definitely want to promote them and have them on for the first time. So... For Brendan Polizzi, I'm Steve. <laughs> I was going to say my full name. It doesn't matter. Steve Carbone, Reality Steve, whatever you want to say. Anyway, I'm Reality Steve. Thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>